Welcome back to my podcast of Whispered Stories. Thanks for joining me as I read another story from the classics. Today, I'm going to be reading two versions of the classic story, Tom Thumb. The first one is called The Travels of Tom Thumb by the Brothers Grimm. The second version will be at the end of this story, so lie back or sit back with your eyes closed, relax, and enjoy the story, or both. If you feel tingles, that's a bonus. The Travels of Tom Thumb There lived a tailor who had only one son, and he was extremely small, not any larger than your thumb, and so was called Tom Thumb. However, he was a courageous little fellow, and he told his father, Father, I am determined to go to the world to seek my fortune. Very well, my son, answered the old man, and taking a big darning needle, he made a top to it of sealing wax, and gave it to Tom Thumb, saying, There is a sword for you to use to defend yourself on your journeyings. Then the little fellow Desiring to dine once more with his parents, popped into the kitchen to find out what his mother was preparing for his last dinner at home. All the dishes were ready to be taken in, and they were standing upon the hearth. What is it you have for dinner, dear mother? he inquired. You can look for yourself, she replied. Then Tom sprang up to the hob and peeped into all the dishes, but over one. He leaned so far that he was carried up by the steam through the chimney, and then, for some distance, he floated on the smoke. But after a while, he fell upon the ground once more. Now, at last, Tom Thumb was really out in the wild world, and he went on cheerily, and after a time, was engaged by a master tailor. But here, the food was not so good as his mother's, and it was not to his taste. So he said, Mistress, if you will not give me better things to eat, I shall chalk upon your door. Too many potatoes, and not enough meat. Goodbye, potato mill. I should like to know what you want, you little grasshopper, cried the woman very angrily, and she seized a shred of cloth to strike him. However, the tiny tailor popped under a thimble, and from it he peeped, putting out his tongue at the mistress. So she took up the thimble, meaning to catch him, but Tom Thumb hid himself amongst the shreds of cloth, and when she began to search through those, he slipped into a crack in the table, but out his head to laugh at her. So she tried again to hit him with the shred, but did not succeed in doing so, for he slipped through the crack into the table drawer. At last, though, he was caught and driven out of the house. So the little fellow continued his travels, and presently, entering a thick forest, he encountered a company of robbers who were plotting to steal the king's treasure. As soon as they saw the little tailor, they said to themselves, a little fellow like this could creep through a keyhole and aid us greatly. 
So one called out, Hello, little man. Will you come with us to the king's treasury? Certainly a Goliath like you could creep in with ease and throw out the coins to us. After considering a while, Tom Thumb consented and accompanied them to the king's treasury. From top to bottom, they inspected the door to discover a crack large enough for him to get through and soon found one. He was for going in directly, but one of the sentinels happening to catch sight of him exclaimed, Here is indeed an ugly spider. I will crush it with my foot. Leave the poor creature alone, the other said. It has not done you any harm. So Tom Thumb slipped through the crack and made his way to the treasury. Then he opened the window and cast out the coins to the robbers who were waiting below. While the little tailor was engaged in this exciting employment, he heard the king coming to inspect his treasure, so as quickly as possible he crept out of sight. The king noticed that his treasure had been disarranged, and soon observed that coins were missing, but he was utterly unable to think how they could have been stolen, for the locks and bolts had not been tampered with, and everything was well fastened. On going from the treasury, he warned the two sentinels, saying, Be on the watch. Someone is after the money. And quite soon, on Tom Thumb setting to work again, they heard very clearly the coins ringing, chink, chink, as they struck against the other. As quickly as possible, they unfastened the building and went in, hoping to take the thief. But... Tom Thumb was too quick for them. He sprang into a corner and hiding himself behind a coin so that nothing of him was visible, he made fun of the sentinels crying, I am here. Then when the men hurried to the spot where the voice came from, he was no longer there, but from a different place cried out, Ha ha, here I am. So the sentinels kept jumping about, but so cleverly did Tom move from one spot to another that they were obliged to run around the whole time, hoping to find somebody, until at length, quite tired out, they went off. Then Tom Thumb went on with his work, and one after another, he threw all the coins out the window. But the very last, he sounded and rang with all his might, and springing nimbly upon it, so flew through the window. The robbers were loud in their praises. Indeed, you are a brave fellow, they said. Will you be our captain? Tom Thumb, thanking them, declined this honor, for he was anxious to see more of the world. Then the booty was apportioned out, but only a ducat was given to the little tailor, for that was as much as he could carry. So Tom girded on his sword again, and bidding farewell to the robbers, continued his travels. He tried to get work under various masters, but they would have nothing to do with him. So after a while he took service at an inn, but the maids there disliked him, for he was about everywhere, and saw all that went on without being seen himself and he told their mistress of their dishonest ways, 
of what was taken off the plates and from out the cellars. So they threatened they would drown him if they caught him and determined to do him some harm. Then one day a maid mowing in the garden saw Tom Thumb running in and out between the blades of grass. So she cut the grass in great haste, just where he chanced to be, tied it all in a bundle, and without anyone knowing, threw it to the cows. Then one big black cow took up a mouthful of grass directly with Tom in it and swallowed it down, without doing him any damage, however. But Tom did not approve of his position, for it was pitch dark down there with no light burning. When milking time came, he shouted, Trip, trap, drop, will the milking soon stop? But the sound of the milk trickling into the pail prevented his voice being heard. Not long afterwards, the master came into the shed and said, I will have that cow killed tomorrow. This put Tom Thumb into a great fright, and he called out loudly, Please, let me out. Here I am inside. This the master heard plainly enough, but could not make out where the voice came from. Where are you? he inquired. And the black cow was the reply. However, the master could not understand what was meant, and so went away. The following morning the cow was killed, but fortunately, in the cutting up, the knife did not touch Tom Thumb who was put aside with the meat that was to be made into sausages. When the butcher began chopping, he cried as loudly as he could, Don't chop far, I am down beneath. But the chopper made so much noise that he attracted no attention. It was indeed a terrible situation for poor Tom, but being in danger brightens one's wits, and he sprang so nimbly this way and that, keeping clear of the chopper, that not a blow struck him and he did not get even a scratch. However, he could not escape. There was no help for it. He was forced into a skin with the sausage meat, so was compelled to make himself as comfortable as might be. It was very close quarters, and besides that, the sausages were suspended to smoke in the chimney which was by no means entertaining, and the time passed slowly. When winter came, he was taken down for a guest's meal, and while the hostess was slicing the sausage, he had to be on his guard, lest if he stretched out his head, it might be cut off. Watching his opportunity, at last he was able to jump out of the sausage, and right glad was he to be once again in the company of his fellow men. It was not very long, however, that he stayed in this house, where he had been met by so many misfortunes, and again he set forth on his travels, rejoicing in his freedom. But this did not long continue. Swiftly, running across the field, came a fox, who in an instant had snapped up poor little Tom. Oh, Mr. Fox, called out the little tailor, it is I who am in your throat. Please let me out. Certainly, answered Reynard, you are not a bit better than nothing at all. You don't in the least satisfy me. Make me a promise that I shall have the hens 
in your father's yard, and you shall regain your liberty. Willingly you shall have all the hens. I make you a faithful promise, responded Tom Thumb. So the fox coughed and set him free, and himself carried Tom home. Then, when the father had his dear little son once more, he gave the fox all his hens with the greatest of pleasure. Here, father, I am bringing you a golden coin from my travel, said the little fellow, and he brought out the ducat the thieves had apportioned to him. But how was it that the fox was given all the poor little hens? Foolish little one, don't you think your father would rather have you than all the hens he ever had in his yard? And now for the second version of this story, which is more aligned with the original story by the Brothers Grimm. I hope you enjoy it. There was once a poor countryman who used to sit in the chimney corner all evening and poke the fire, while his wife sat at her spinning wheel, and he used to say, How dull it is without any children about us. Our house is so quiet, and other people's houses so noisy and merry. Yes, answered his wife, and sighed, If we could only have one, and that one ever so little, no bigger than my thumb. How happy I should be! It would indeed be having our heart's desire. Now it happened that after a while the woman had a child who was perfect in all his limbs, but no bigger than a thumb. Then the parents said, He is just what we wished for, and we will love him very much. And they named him according to his stature, Tom Thumb and though they gave him plenty of nourishment, he grew no bigger, but remained exactly the same size as when he was first born, and he had very good faculties, and was very quick and prudent, so that all he did prospered. One day, his father made ready to go into the forest to cut wood, and he said, as if to himself, now I wish there was someone to bring the cart to me. Oh, father, cried Tom Thumb, I can bring the cart. Let me alone for that, and in proper time, too. Then the father laughed and said, How will you manage that? You are much too little to hold the reins. That has nothing to do with it, father. While my mother goes on with her spinning, I will sit in the horse's ear and tell him where to go. Well, answered the father, we will try it for once. When it was time to set off, the mother went on spinning after setting Tom Thumb in the horse's ear, and so he drove off crying, Jeeab, Jiwo. So the horse went on quite as if his master were driving him and drew the wagon along the right road to the wood. Now it happened just as they turned a corner, and the little fellow was calling out, Jeeab! That two strange men passed by. Look, said one of them, how is this? There goes a wagon, and the driver is calling to the horse, and yet he is nowhere to be seen. It is very strange, said the other. 
horse with his left hand, and with the right, he lifted down his little son out of the horse's ear, and Tom sat down on a stump, quite happy and content. When the two strangers saw him, they were struck dumb with wonder. At last, one of them, taking the other aside, said to him, Look, here, the little chap would make us a fortune if we were to show him in the town for money. Suppose we buy him. So they went up to the woodcutter and said, Sell the little man to us. We will take care he shall come to no harm. No, answered the father. He is the apple of my eye, and not for all the money in the world would I sell him. But Tom Thumb, when he heard what was going on, climbed up by his father's coattails, and perching himself on his shoulder, he whispered in his ear, Father, you might as well let me go. I will soon come back again. Then the father gave him up to the two men for a large sum of money. They asked him where he would like to sit. Oh, put me on the brim of your hat, said he. There I can walk about and view the country and be in no danger of falling off. So they did as he wished, and when Tom Thumb had taken leave of his father, they set off all together, and they traveled on until it grew dusk, and the little fellow asked to be set down a little while for a change, and after some difficulty they consented. So the man took him down from his hat, and sat him in a field by the roadside, and he ran away directly, and after creeping about among the furrows, he slipped suddenly into a mouse hole, just what he was looking for. Good evening, my masters. You can go home without me, cried he to them, laughing. They ran up and felt about with their sticks in the mouse hole, but in vain. Tom Thumb crept farther and farther in, and as it was growing dark, they had to make the best of their way home, full of vexation and with empty purses. When Tom Thumb found they were gone, he crept out of his hiding place underground. It is dangerous work groping about these holes in the darkness, said he. I might easily break my neck. But by good fortune he came upon an empty snail shell. That's all right, said he. Now I can get safely through the night and he settled himself down in it. Before he had time to get to sleep, he heard two men pass by, and one was saying to the other, How can we manage to get hold of the rich parson's gold and silver? I can tell you how, cried Tom Thumb. How is this? said one of the thieves, quite frightened. I hear someone speak. So they stood still and listened, and Tom Thumb spoke again. Take me with you. I will show you how to do it. Where are you then, said they. Look about on the ground and notice where the voice comes from, answered he. At last they found him and lifted him up. You little elf, said they. How can you help us? Look here, answered he. I can easily creep between the iron bars of the parson's room and hand out to you whatever you would like to have. Very well, said they, if we will try what you can do. So when they came to the parsonage house, Tom Thumb crept into the room 
is here. So the thieves were terrified and said, Do speak more softly, lest anyone should be awake. But Tom Thumb made as if he did not hear them, and cried out again, What would you like? Will you have all that is here? So that the cook, who was sleeping in a room hard by, heard it, and raised herself in bed and listened. The thieves, however, in their fear of being discovered, had run back part of the way, but they took courage again, thinking that it was only a jest of the little fellows. So they came back and whispered to him to be serious and to hand them out something. Then Tom Thumb called out once more as loud as he could, Oh yes, I will give it all to you, only put out your hands. Then the listening maid heard him distinctly that time and jumped out of bed and burst open the door. The thieves ran off as if the wild huntsmen were behind them, but the maid, as she could see nothing, went to fetch a light, and when she came back with one, Tom Thumb had taken himself off without being seen by her into the barn, and the maid, when she had looked in every corner and hole and found nothing, went back to bed at last, and thought that she must have been dreaming with her eyes and ears open. So Tom Thumb crept among the hay, and found a comfortable nook to sleep in, where he intended to remain until it was day, and then go home to his father and mother. But other things were to befall him. Indeed, there is nothing but trouble and worry in this world. The maid got up at dawn of day to feed the cows, the first place she went to was the barn, where she took up an armful of hay, and it happened to be the very heap in which Tom Thumb lay asleep, and he was so fast asleep that he was aware of nothing, and never waked until he was in the mouth of the cow, who had taken him up with the hay. Oh dear, cried he, how is it that I have got into a mill? But he soon found out where he was and he had to be very careful not to get between the cow's teeth, and at last he had to descend into the cow's stomach. The windows were forgotten when this little room was built, said he, and the sunshine cannot get in. There is no light to be had. His quarters were in every way unpleasant to him, and what was the worst, new hay was constantly coming in, and the space was being filled up. At last he cried out in his extremity as loud as he could, No more hay for me! No more hay for me! The maid was then milking the cow, and as she heard a voice, but could see no one, and as it was the same voice that she had heard in the night, she was so frightened that she fell off her stool and spilt the milk. Then she ran in great haste to her master, crying, Oh, master, dear, the cow spoke. You must be crazy, answered her master, and he went himself to the cow house to see what was the matter. No sooner had he put his foot inside the door than Tom Thumb cried out again, No more hay for me, no more hay for me. Then the parson himself was frightened, supposing that a bad spirit had entered into the cow, and he ordered to be put to death. So she was killed, but 
the stomach where Tom Thumb was lying was thrown upon a dunghill. Tom Thumb had great trouble to work his way out of it, and he had just made a space big enough for his head to go through. When a new misfortune happened, a hungry wolf ran up and swallowed the whole stomach at one gulp. But Tom Thumb did not lose courage. Perhaps, thought he, the wolf will listen to reason, and he cried out from the inside of the wolf, My dear wolf, I can tell you where to get a splendid meal. Where is it to be had? asked the wolf. In such and such a house, and you must creep into it through the drain, and there you will find cakes and bacon and broth as much as you can eat. And he described to him his father's house. The wolf needed not to be told twice. He squeezed himself through the drain in the night and feasted in the storeroom to his heart's content. When, at last, he was satisfied, he wanted to go away again, but he had become so big that to creep the same way back was impossible. This Tom Thumb had reckoned upon and began to make a terrible din inside the wolf, crying and calling as loud as he could. Will you be quiet, said the wolf. You will wake the folks up here. Look here, cried the little man. You are very well satisfied, and now I will do something for my own enjoyment, and began again to make all the noise he could. At last the father and mother were awakened, and they ran to the room door and peeped through the chink, and when they saw a wolf in occupation they ran and fetched weapons, the man an axe, and the wife a scythe. Stay behind, said the man, as they entered the room. When I have given him a blow, and it does not seem to have killed him, then you must cut at him with your scythe. Then Tom Thumb heard his father's voice and cried, Dear father, I am here in the wolf's inside. Then the father called out full of joy, Thank heaven that we have found our dear child, and told his wife to keep the scythe out of the way lest Tom Thumb should be hurt with it. Then he drew near and stuck the wolf such a blow on the head that he fell down dead, and then he fetched a knife and a pair of scissors, slit up the wolf's body, and let out the little fellow. Oh, what anxiety we have felt about you, said the father. Yes, father, I have seen a good deal of the world, and I am very glad to breathe fresh air again. And where have you been all this time, asked his father. Oh, I have been in a mouse hole, and a snail's shell, and a cow's stomach, and a wolf's inside. Now I think I will stay at home, and we will not part with you for all the kingdoms of the world, cried the parents, as they kissed and hugged their dear little Tom Thumb, and they gave him something to eat and drink, and a new suit of clothes, as his old ones were soiled with travel. The End Hopefully you fell asleep, and not hearing the end, but if you are awake, I hope you enjoyed this story. If you did, please subscribe or follow this podcast to hear more Whispered Stories.